0: Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington. I'm Samba Bachili.
1: Nina Vaca, Chief Executive Officer of Pinnacle Group.
0: An original shark from the hit TV show Shark Tank. CEO of ADS Group.
1: The largest Latina-owned workforce solutions in America.
0: I first identify myself as an entrepreneur when I was 15 years old.
1: My mother and father immigrated here with a suitcase and a dream. I had a front row seat to entrepreneurship. I am living proof of what is possible in this country. Today, marketplace is is very tough. The challenge for African market today is it's access to capital. The number one reason why we can't scale as entrepreneurs is access to capital.
0: What makes GLOW so different and so powerful is the access to experts, gurus, mentors, coaches, financiers, venture people, money.
1: When I started my business, I immediately went to engage with different communities, different platforms. GLOW, makes that experience digital. A digital platform makes it so much faster and so much easier for you to meet like-minded people. The financial pl-
0: platform that Glow have, that make Glow unique. Glow is about commerce, Glow is about community, and Glow is about having access to capital.
1: Glow is an asset to every entrepreneur in this country and globally.
0: It's, it's about helping you take your business, your idea to the next step.
2: Hi there and welcome to Business Acceleration 2.0. It's a show where leaders go to grow. My name is Michelle Lemons-Pacenti. I'm the CEO and founder of the Global Leaders Organization. Uh, today we have a really special guest with us, but before we go there, let me introduce a few of our uh, sponsors that we have for the show. Business Finishing School is one of the sponsors for this program. And it is a online program to help entrepreneurs grow their business so it becomes more successful, more profitable, scalable, and saleable. I mean, let's face it, even if you don't want to sell your business, you sure would like people to want to buy your business, right? And the Business Finishing School allows you to grow your business to get to a point where people would actually come to you and want to buy it. Um, it has 48 modules over a hundred different videos for you to learn from and workbooks that go with each learning pro- program. And it's also, the program is also brought to you by the global leaders organization or GLOW as we call it. We've got an exciting lineup for our March event. That's happening March 3rd through the 6th. It's the inaugural GLOW summit, Dallas, Texas, March 3rd through the 6th. We've got some great speakers that are going to be on the lineup. We've got Kevin Harrington original Shark from Shark Tank. We've got Ford Sakes, Vince Pacenti, New York Times bestselling author. We've got um, Tim Draper and his daughter, Jessie Draper coming in for the program. You're gonna learn all about Bitcoin, crypto, from from an expert like Tim Draper and Jesse Draper. So we're excited for you to sign up and attend and see your smiling face there. Looking forward to it. The other thing, this program, the conversation is going to carry on tomorrow in our After Glow show with Sia and Aaron. Sia and Aaron host the After Glow show, and there are Dallas chapter chairs. If you're interested in becoming a chapter chair for Glow, go to the website withglow.com and click on Become a Chapter Chair. It's a great way to lift your own personal platform as a business leader in your community and get paid for it all at the same time. So look forward to seeing you with Glow. I know the reason why you're here today is actually to listen to what our guest has to say. Our guest, Mr. Jeffrey Gitomer, Known him for a while. Happy to say and call him a friend of mine. He is a New York Times bestseller, not once, not twice, not three, four, but five times. He's actually seven time best bestseller author on Amazon, which beats Harry Potter and all sorts of other books. Incredible. He's the author of the sales Bible and so much more. And you're going to understand why he is the expert on sales after we conclude this program today. So, without further ado, Mr. Jeffrey Gittimer. Jeffrey, thanks for being here with us today. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You look fantastic, as always. Thank you. Great
0: to see you. Cowboys are in first place, so you're all happy over there.
2: I know. Finally, right? It's about time.
0: I, I went to the Eagles Cowboys game, the Monday night game. I was in Texas Stadium for the first time. I wore all my Eagles gear, and no one spilled a beer on me.
2: It's an impre- pretty impressive uh, stadium, isn't it?
0: It's a very impressive stadium in Philly. If if I was wearing Dallas gear, it would not have been as warm a welcome. I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> well, you know Texans were all very charming and polite,
0: was, right? Yeah.
2: Charming is We're one of the right. words I would use. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> well, we'll see how they do. The Cowboys seem to like, you know, during crunch time is where they seem to yeah. fall apart a little bit. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that that's not going to be the case. We're going to see them in the playoffs. Never know. Um, okay. Let's just jump right into it, right? So uh, you're the author of many books on sales. You're the guru on sales. Mm-hmm. and. Um, we're starting off the year, you know, January right now. People they're setting up their goals of what they want to do for the year. They've got their, you know, the projections for sales, etc. Let's just jump right in. Let's understand, kind of really give them the background of who you are and how you got to where you are today as kind of the sales guru in this world.
0: Um, I wrote the sales bible based on my experiences in New York City, as a knock on the door but doing targeted cold calls and made a lot of headway, was very blessed with a lot of sales. But my fourth book is this book, The Little Red Book of Selling, which has gone on to become the best selling sales book of all time. And it talks about why people buy rather than how to sell, which I believe is much more powerful. And it also separates me from the other people who do what I do. The challenge is to get down to that, and hopefully we can discuss some of that today. But I, I also want to discuss what's going to happen as the salespeople of the world emerge from the crap that we've been in for the last year and a half. And is there going to be a, a new way of doing it? Because look at us—we're, right. we're, you know, we're in a forum, and everyone is in the same forum. They just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. and how many times have you seen someone on a virtual call and they pretty much look like crap?
2: <laughs> many times, actually. You'd be surprised. Too many yeah. times. Th- right.
0: The answer is too many times, and you have an image, and you you don't dare. You know, w- women are better at it than men because they've been fixing their image since the day they were born, but men don't really care, and mm-hmm. so that they, they have a laptop in their lap, and, you know, they, <laughs> it looks like this, and... <laughs> They don't have a, an understanding of what the customer is hoping for, and their look gets in the way of their message.
2: Yeah, presentation they're, they're, is you know, everything, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, look how smart I look. Of
2: course Come you on. do. You always look very yeah, And
0: I can change my look so I have more books if I want them, or I mm-hmm. can have more art if I want to look woo. So I feel like there's a, an ability for everybody to create their own image before they even start so they have so they understand how they carry themselves, whether it's virtually or in person, because we're going to go back to a hybrid. It's never going to go back to the way it was. Ever,
2: it is, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a hybrid with, with so many different things. Look, okay, I want to jump right in because you you just said it. You said I don't teach people how to sell, right? Which is what most trainers do. Right. Right. So you've okay. really gotten into the psychology. Of how to be so per, how to be persuasive really more than anything right? Seems like to me
0: right. And so, but it, you've it, got it, it's it's not dependent on what you say; it's dependent on what you ask.
2: And listen is what one of the key things you say too. Yeah. So, what's yeah. one of what's the most important word in sales?
0: Um, there's three most important words in sales, but the first one is you because you are the person who's making the impression. You're the person who stands in front of the salesperson. The customer doesn't buy your stuff until they buy you. The salesperson is the first sale that's made. And if I like you and I believe you and I have confidence in you and I trust you, then I may buy from you. But if I don't have those four criteria, you're toast. And interestingly, Michelle, I'll ask an audience, which is more powerful, like, believe, confidence, or trust? And they'll all say trust, when in fact, it's like. If I don't like you, I'm not coming near you. So if, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're not likable, now would be a real good time to just get out of sales, because it's not going to do you any good there.
2: <laughs> so so it's not trust, which you would immediately think it would be trust, and then even confidence, too. So it's you have to be likable. Right. Okay. So, what's the second most important? You said there's three. What's the second?
0: The second is why. Why are you doing this? And why is the customer going to buy from you? Why you're doing this? If people, well, I got into sales because I'm going to make a lot of money. Big mistake. First of all, we differ in the words a lot because um, people cold call and they tell me they make cold calls, they make a lot of money. I'm like, great. Okay, great. Keep doing that. Um, But the challenge is, why is that customer going to buy from you? What is going to create the atmosphere where they feel comfortable enough to buy? So you and why are extremely important in the selling process. And if you want to know the third one, Mm -hmm. um, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. It's how do you interact and how do you connect with that customer? And so I want to make certain that I've made that connection because the sale is made emotionally and then justified logically. I love that car. What are the payments? I love that house. What's the mortgage? And so I look at this from the standpoint of if I can interact with that person, if I can connect with them inspirationally, I'm going to be able to make the connection that I need in order for them to feel confident enough to move forward. So and you create a so like,
2: rapport, right? You're creating a rapport oh, in the yeah. beginning? Yeah, of course.
0: And I, I don't create rapport like everybody else does. Um, I don't talk to them about nice weather or any of that kind of crap. Um, I, The first question I ask someone when I interact with them is, where did you grow up? Because if they grew up in a big city, I know they're going to be less trusting than someone who grew up in a small town. And that's that's the biggest challenge of them all. Um, I want to be able to know how I have to approach this person in order to be able to for them to feel comfortable enough to tell me their truth. Will they tell me how they feel? Will they tell me what they want? Will they tell me why they want it or what's happened before? And that's the secret.
2: Okay, so you're developing this rapport. You talk about how there's two words you never you, that you're never gonna you you want to avoid in any sales presentation, which is yes and no. Why? Yeah. Why is that the case?
0: Well, because that ends the that ends the discussion. If I ask a closed-ended question and they say no, then I'm gonna go okay. Well, no, then uh, what do I say next? Right. So I want to I want to ask why they feel that way, or what's happened before, or tell me about this, or Tell me about that. And let me go back for just one second. When I say, Where did you grow up? Yeah. That creates emotion. It goes back to your mom and dad if they're alive, or the fight you had with your brother or your sister in your bedroom. There's all kinds of emotion attached to Where did you grow up? as opposed to Where are you from? Big difference. Big, huge difference. And not to manipulate somebody, but just to. You know, control the conversation to a point where I'm going to get more truth from that person than my competitor will. What I'm hearing my, from you. My competitors is going to walk in and say, have you ever heard of us? Let me tell you a little bit about what we do. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you drop dead in, in your in your office. I, I, the customer doesn't care about the salesperson. There's 100 people that do the same thing. What mm-hmm. makes you different? Is what creates the atmosphere for them to buy.
2: So it seems like to me you're creating this rapport that's very authentic. That that's mm-hmm. what you're working towards, yeah. right? Is creating an authentic relationship with someone. And right. what if what if they're a person that doesn't allow you to go there? If they're just, you know, black and white, hardcore, you know, I've got five minutes.
0: That's how I grew up. <laughs> I grew up selling in New York City. You don't even have five minutes. <laughs> So you have to be engaging enough for them to want to know more. Mm -hmm. And um, when I'd walk into a big buyer of a big department store, I would say, listen, um, I have some stuff to sell, but before we begin, I just want to ask if you're looking to have the reputation as the best buyer in the entire chain. And that person will always say yes. I said, well, that's what I'm here to talk to you about.
2: That makes sense.
0: Once I engage them about them, you know, if I walk into your office and I have a Philadelphia Eagles shirt on, I've already pissed you off. But (laughs) if I walk in with an Emmett Smith jersey and I hand you one that's signed, now we can sit down and talk.
2: Right. I'm actually going to feel obligated to talk to you if you did that. Exactly. (laughs) Same
0: side of the fence. Right.
2: Right. Right. By the okay. way, I hate
0: Emmett Smith. Just for the record, I can't stand him.
2: <laughs> and and he's all a good Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboy. Can't stand him. Yeah, he's a good Dallas Cowboy. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. we're gonna keep. I was going. actually friends with
0: Roger Staubach.
2: I'm he's friends a great with Roger guy.
0: Staubach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful man. Great. He's great. Unbelievable role model. entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very successful. So, okay, wait. Right. Now, yep. I've also read in some of your books where you can close a sale with five questions. Is that right? Did I miss? Did I Yeah.
0: But what I'd like to do, let's modernize that. Okay. I wrote that 20 years ago. Okay. And what I want to find out is, first of all, I want to make sure I know what their history has been with this product. What's been their experience? What have they liked? What have they made money with? You know, how's that work for them? And number two, I want to know, how are they going to use this going forward? What's their profit motive? or their production motive to be able to go. What's their history? What's their future? Now, it's the present. And if I can convince them, and this is very important, that my value or my perceived value is greater than my price, then we have a deal. Doesn't matter who I'm competing against. So let's look at it. There's three things. What happened before? Mm -hmm. What are they looking to do in the future? And what's going on right now? Those three things will allow me to move forward.
2: Okay. So you're, you're really kind of, I mean, you're getting in not only into what they do on a daily, but you're kind of getting into their head, to their heart a bit. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. I want to know what has happened. Their story will always be emotionally based.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They had a service problem. They had a, a delivery problem. They had people that couldn't use the machine the right way. They had, some people that got sick on the job whatever happened I want to know that and I want to make sure that as I'm listening there's a two-word secret of listening and the two words are take notes okay you don't have to shut up you you don't have to do it the old way what you have to do is take notes so that you remember what's been said and you can refer to that as you go back and forth in this relationship Mm
2: -hmm. they may mention
0: about something about their kid they may mention something about their business. But whatever it is, you got to write it down. Especially now, because in the in the COVID era, some people have lost a, a loved one, and some people just ran out of toilet paper. And you have to know which one it is in order to be able to create a, a real deep conversation.
2: Right, right. Um, okay, so I, I think I read somewhere before that, um, what was your stat? It was 75%
0: of- uh...
2: No, 74%. Okay, go ahead.
0: You I use 74% it? for everything. It's a made up
2: stat. <laughs>
0: it sounds right. You know, 70, sounds like I got my shit together, but it's literally, it is complete. 74% of the people have the right insurance. 74% of the people have the wrong insurance. 74% of the people buy the right house, buy the wrong house, send their kid to the right college, send their kids to the wrong college. It's, it's it okay, all boils so down to the individual.
2: All right, now you made me forget what I was going to ask because it was Oh, sorry. A, a, no, I forgot. It, but it was some stat that you had. But now that I know that seventy four percent is your stat, your all your stat is you yeah. always, I'll know that now from now on.
0: <laughs> if you buy the book, the Little Red Book of Sales Answers, people in the audience, uh, not only is it an amazing book on selling, it's the sister to the Little Red Book of Selling, but it, right in the beginning. At uh, you seventy four percent, just right in the before you turn the first page, and it's it's a bullshit number. But so are all stats.
2: So that's the point you're making: is that stats really are not a reliable fact? Nah. Okay. Nah. okay. All right. So got it. And when people
0: okay. tell, when people quote stats to me, I'm like, give me a break. Where where'd you get right. that number?
2: Yeah, because how could you right? And right. Okay, so you you touched on this in the beginning. With the pandemic, it's never going back to the old the old way. No. We're always no. going to be in some kind of a hybrid. What else yes. do you think is, is you know the new norm for us going forward? And how should we be thinking about sales um since the pandemic?
0: Creatively. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you one classic example. Okay. I hear salespeople whining about the fact that they'll make an appointment with someone online for a virtual call and the guy doesn't show up or the woman doesn't show up. And that's because they took the customer's word for it. And maybe the customer didn't really care if he meets with you or not. Right? So you if you're not willing to invest in your ability as a salesperson, then get out of sales tomorrow. When I make an appointment with somebody who I don't know, I first find out what is their favorite K-cup? What's okay. their favorite coffee? And I, for my appointment, which I make in the morning, I send them a box of K-cups and I send them a mug. This is my Rocky and his friend's mug because mm-hmm. I'm an old one. But I also have a mug that'll say sometimes all need needs a billion dollars. Or if I'm meeting with an architect, I'll send him a mug that says Howard Rourke laughed. Which is the opening line of the Fountainhead, which is a book mm-hmm. about architects that everybody knows that line. Okay.
2: Right.
0: So if I get him, if if I make an appointment with you, I send you your favorite K cups and a mug. Are you going to show up? So 100 percent of the time them, you're going to show
2: up. You will. Are you asking them for their address ahead of time so you can send it? Because a lot of times all you have is an email, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just yep. ask for their their address. Um, you send it out I also
0: send them a book but that's a whole other thing I'll say hey I want to send you a book they'll all give me their address and I send them the the coffee in the mug so I Mm -hmm. have maybe a $30 investment in that first call it's nothing if I make a sale right right they'll tell other people I get calls can I schedule a call with you my favorite coffee is and that's it's crazy but it works.
2: So and you're sales- kind of you're you're getting known for that, then.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's um, awesome. So, but the challenge is, the salesperson. Some of them are cheap, and they. Well, I don't want to do that because I might waste my money. If that's your status, if that's your philosophy, leave now. Mm-hmm.
2: Because you're going to so- lose
0: to someone who, who takes a chance.
2: Right, and investing in your career really—that's what you're doing. Of course. Right. Okay. So with the whole, you know, internet now. And you know, when when I first first started in sales, we had a phone book that we would call okay. and pull out the yellow pages, right? Yep. And just start calling. People don't have that today. They might have email. Um, you, you can you can usually find someone's email, but you're hitting them cold with an email. What's your process now with cold? You know, I don't know what you'd call it just a, a, a initial cold. Yeah. sales I'm- opportunity. Uh,
0: there are people that still profess that cold calling is okay. I respect Mm -hmm. the hell out of them, but I disagree with them. Uh, there's so many ways to connect with people right now that the cold call is literally passe. So for example, if you sell insurance, Mm -hmm. which is the hardest sale, I think in the world, and you start to post on LinkedIn five ways to live longer. Someone's going to click on that. and when they do, you now have a lead. Mm-hmm. You know someone who's interested in what it is that you have to sell. And literally, I created this on accident in in two thousand I can't remember the exact date, but a long time ago. no ninety I started writing for the for the Charlotte Business Journal in nineteen ninety two. I think in 93 or 94, I at the end of my column, I said, if you want 51 best ways to get closer to your customer, put Ty Boyd on the on your letterhead and I'll send you back his 51 ways. I just written a couple of columns about him. And what I said was: if you want more information, click here or facts here. And the same is true today. If you put content out
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the content is valuable and viable to somebody they will find you and so uh, i'll quote a stat uh, you know it it sounds like a (laughs) brag but it's not i've done more than 2500 corporate events Mm
2: -hmm.
0: never made one sales call never made one sales call because you you did that
2: because you're the expert
0: but i didn't get there over you know in one day it takes a while You have to have the the content, you have to have the stamina, you have to have the staying power, you have to have your self-belief, you have to have the attitude, you know. You have to know that you can do it. Well, luckily, I've had so many doors slammed on my face in New York City, my nose was already busted. So it wasn't difficult for me to go to look at the internet and go, wow, this is a freaking bonanza. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't have to do any of this crap anymore. I can just go here post what I know to be true, and people will find me. And sure enough, they did.
2: So it's positioning yourself as an expert, putting out content yep. and positioning yourself yep. as an expert, correct? What if you're not good yes. at creating Let me take it one step further. Content. Okay. I'm
0: an expert, but when I put a book out, I went from expert to authority. Mm. The book will give you the authority that you need. So I just kept on writing. And I I love, I'm a, if you ask me what I do right now, I'm a writer. Right. Cuz that that legacy will be there forever.
2: But what if you're not a good writer? What do you suggest?
0: Go back to school and take a course in writing. <laughs> because writing is at the core of every single thing you do. Your emails are are writing, your texts are writing, your everything you do is is written.
2: Okay. So let let's say you've kind Of broken through, gotten through to someone, and they're giving you some time because they like Mm -hmm. you. Maybe you presented yourself in a manner where they like you, but price becomes an issue. How do you how do you handle price issues?
0: Price is an indication that the other person wants to buy, but they don't have enough perceived value yet in order to move forward. They're going to buy, Michelle. The only question is from who? or mm-hmm. my English teacher from the ninth grade, from whom? And so the the, the real question is, are, is your value perceived to be good enough to move forward? Mm-hmm. Otherwise they'll take bids, they'll do all kinds of stupid crap to, you know, have a meeting with people. No, if you have the right value, they will move forward. If they don't, they won't. It's and It's literally just that simple. When someone says your price is too high, that is a buying signal. If your if your value can go up in the mind of that buyer, they will buy. What they're saying is, you haven't sold me yet. Right. Should you ever lower your price? Um sometimes, you know, it depends on the opportunity, but uh when someone wants to hire me to do a speech and they say, "Can you do this for less?" I go, "Sure." Um you want me to leave out the humor? And they go, well, okay. well no. I said, well, you know, come on. Or or they'll say, can you do it for this? I say, oh, you want that crappy speaker? Let me give you his phone number. <laughs> so I come back with humor every time. But sometimes if the opportunity is big, I'll figure it out.
2: Right. And maybe and I, you can...
0: I, I, I say, look, and- I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass an audition. If I pass the audition, I expect more work. Fair enough.
2: That's good. So maybe if you do lower your price, you ask for some additional something else from them.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Right, okay. Every All time. right, so so a lot of our members that are watching right now, Jeffrey, are entrepreneurs and they're in the process okay. where they've been managing their sales and now they're hiring a sales manager. Is there Are there any things you should be looking for in a sales manager or in places to go for sales managers? Any advice there?
0: Um, good sales managers are already working and making money, but the challenge of a sales manager, there's one criteria that that sales manager has to have. He has to be better than any salesperson on the team because he has, or she has to go in front of a customer and make a sale where the salesperson cannot. And if they have that, then they gain respect. Hmm. Otherwise, why do I need a sales manager? I can go make, do this myself. I don't need that guy. I don't need that woman. And if you if you have a meeting, like a once a week meeting or a daily meeting, don't give me stuff you could have emailed me. Give me something that will inspire me to go make a sale. Hmm. And yet, managers come in, you go, All right, everybody, we need some better attitudes around here,
2: dude. Start with your own. Right. Yeah. Be the be the example. And when you said good sales managers are already working, do you mean like go poach them from another company? What do you mean? Um,
0: Be attractive enough to get them to call you.
2: Okay. So don't make the first call, wait for them to call Um, you?
0: Every employment agency will hate me for saying this, but I don't want somebody poached from my company, do you?
2: No, no.
0: Okay, but if they poach somebody, it means you were vulnerable. It's a report card, not a loss. Right. Don't right. get pissed off at the person who left. Look in the mirror and figure out what went wrong.
2: Exactly. Um, right. I've had answer. one person
0: I've had one person poached from me in the last 20 years. One. He was my internal accountant. He was mm-hmm. offered triple the salary that I was paying him. He left, but he still comes in at night and does our stuff.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah. That's loyalty too, right? So,
0: Oh yeah, we, I have people working for me for 15 years. And Okay, so not
2: that with sales manager, what about sales people? Where do you find good sales people? Should you be putting ads out on LinkedIn? Where do you find good sales people?
0: Um, same goes for sales people as going for sales managers, they're already working. But if mm-hmm. they don't like where they're working, they're vulnerable to switch. If the boss is a jerk or their their senior leadership gives them unconscionable duties to do, they're on the, they're they're out there. Um, you have to be attractive enough to have them find you. And if you go on LinkedIn and you say, I'm looking for a couple of salespeople, you'll find out out of work salespeople are not gonna do you any good you are really? out of work, but the question that I that I ask anybody is, why did you leave your last job? Mm-hmm. Well, my boss didn't. He was <laughs> next. I want someone right. who's got the attitude to move. If you're looking for greater opportunity, I'm your guy. If you're looking for someplace where you can work hard and earn, I'm your guy. If you're looking for an easy path, I'm not, I'm not your guy.
2: Got an attitude. You're looking at the attitude when you're interviewing. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hire for attitude
0: and train for skill.
2: Right. Okay. So, what's for all the entrepreneurs that are listening, what's the one, the single most important thing to in working with a salesperson? So, I've got my first salesperson here. What's the most important thing that I need to be working with them on?
0: Take them on sales calls. Mm -hmm. and go with them in order to be able to help them achieve. Mm -hmm. Show them what you can do. Show them how deeply you believe in your company and your product and yourself and encourage them to be the best they possibly can be. Don't give them quotas. Encourage them rather than demand of them. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you not believe in quotas?
0: I don't actually know. Really? I think there's a number that you'd look to hit, but I don't tell people, this is very important. I don't tell people you're not making enough sales. I challenge salespeople, dude, you're not making enough money. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, if you did this and this, you could double your your the money you make. Oh. And all of a sudden, that's, that's something. Because you're not making enough money goes to you, your kids, your family, you're not making enough sales. That's, that's for me. They're not working for me. They're working for themselves. Right. They're working for the car payment. They're working for the kid's dental. They're working for college. They're Mm -hmm. working for a vacation, whatever they're working for. It ain't for me. I'm a byproduct.
2: It goes back to the number one word in sales that you started with, which is you, right? Right. Exactly. Right. So it's not even, it's not just the customer that you're working with about being you. It's also your sales force too
0: they have to believe in themselves or go away. Right. They have to believe in their ability to to move forward. They have have to believe, and this is a big thing, you gotta believe you work for the greatest company in the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You gotta believe you offer the greatest products and services in the world. You gotta believe that you're the greatest person in the world. You gotta believe that you can differentiate yourself from your competitor, differentiate from, not compare to, compare his price, differentiate his value. And the fifth most important part is you have to believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you. And you can't believe it in your head. You have to believe it in your heart. Head is attached to price. Heart is attached to wallet. Jerk (laughs) on the heart string, the wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket.
2: So Jeffrey...
0: Or young grandkids, what's their closing ratio?
2: right exactly so i feel like from when i knew you a long time ago to where you are today you've made this transition of yeah. you know kind of the the tactical sales techniques to really more about the emotional and maybe you were always like this with sales but i feel like you're more on the emotional side and the psychological side of the sales is that right that you
0: that's correct i studied myself I went back and I looked at the, the I made millions of dollars worth the sales in New York City. I went back and dissected them, every mm-hmm. single one of them. And I realized what it took to be able to make those sales. I even have a video on one of my courses of the five greatest sales I ever made. And they all have emotion attached to them. They all have creativity attached to them. They all have master questions attached to them. and. The ideas that you walk in, if you walk in with an idea, they pay attention. If you walk in with a sales pitch, they have something else to do. They need more coffee. They got They hold on, I got to take this call. But if you have an idea, they're going to listen. So I don't go into a sales call without an idea
2: ever. Interesting. So what I'm really taking away from you really is that that sales is an emotional process. And until you really get to know who the other person is on the other side, To make a true, you know, to make a sell, it's going to be difficult and you're going to be in a line with a lot of other of your competitors. Right. But if you can find your way in to creating a rapport and relationship with that person, which is the key, that's what you want to do with your sales.
0: Right. It requires preparation. Mm -hmm. It requires work. So you got to turn off Netflix and put down your craft beer and Mm -hmm. figure out a way that you can get inside the head and the heart of the person that you're meeting with. And that requires thought and, you know, getting ready.
2: Right, being prepared. Get ready, so, get
0: set, go. Get ready, get set, go. Most people don't get ready.
2: Right, yeah, prepare. Um, in preparing for this time with us together, I, you know, went through your website. Your website is filled with great content and information for anybody uh, to go there. What And what's the address for everyone? We'll have it up on our... Gittermer.com. Right. I own so, my family
0: name. This is real easy. But I have to tell you that that is the 20th iteration of a website. I keep it rolling. Um, and I keep it updated. And I keep it current. Uh, I don't have a a news section. Because when you look at someone's news section, it's always three years old. So mm-hmm. I, I try to I try to put myself in a position where I'm perceived as current, even though I'm probably twice as old as any of the kids that go there to look.
2: No, it, the content was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: thank you. Um
2: yeah, it was really, really good. And it seemed very fresh and current to me when I was reading through it. So good job. So I really recommend everyone to go to getermer.com, G-I-T-1-T-O-M-E-R. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Jeffrey this has been fantastic. I knew Michelle, this Michelle
0: I'm coming to Dallas you can we can Okay better we better go
2: have a glass of wine.
0: We can fight over the check and you can win.
2: <laughs> we'll see how persuasive I am. <laughs>
0: cool. And please tell Vince and your kids I said hey.
2: I definitely will. It's great to see you Jeffrey. Thank you so nice much to for see you being too, here Michelle. with us. Really appreciate nice it.
0: Yeah. Good to see you. you take too. care of yourself.
2: Okay, thank you. So, everyone Cheers. that's here is Jeffrey. So, be sure and check out Jeffrey Gettimer at getamer.com. And when I said he has a ton of content, he has a ton of content there for you. Um, also, you know, remember go check out withglow.com, W I T H G L O.com. Check out the event we're doing March 3rd through the 6th in Dallas, Texas. You absolutely do not want to miss it. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, credited investor, or an individual that wants to learn about investing, uh, wants to look at different opportunities to invest in, interested in crypto, that's what you're gonna learn at this conference. So check it out and be sure to watch the show tomorrow on Friday, 10 a.m. Central Time, the Afterglow Show with Sia and Aaron. Until then, next time, stay safe and God bless. Bye-bye.